0: I was 21. For the first year, we did see month-to-month growth, which was great. We went, we we started at, at like a 400% increase over time, um, which we did in one year. So that was whole. Cool. And uh, about one year in, I decided I wanted to open a second location. And uh, the real reason I, I I rushed this, and it's because my regional competitor was going to open a location in a space I eventually wanted to open a second location. And I was like, I'm gonna try to beat them to opening it first in that area. And then I did actually, Um, but I ended up not picking the best area. I ended up bringing on a partner for that business Uh, that 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 partnership did not work out at all. Like it was just, that's its whole, whole own entire story, but obviously like that nightmare scenario where it just isn't working out. Long story short, we opened that store Uh, with a little bit more money than we opened the first store that store failed after one year you're listening to the
1: focus on customer experience podcast Podcast. Podcast. Benjamin Del Grosso gives you the ins and outs of one of the most underlooked aspects in business today improve your customer service and watch your business skyrocket now here's your host Benjamin Del Grosso Hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we have Joe Kincaid. Now, after we tried multiple times to record, third time is the charm. So Joe actually owns uh, No Limits, No Limits Nutrition Center for eight years now, and he's a co-owner at Sushki Sushi and Ramen. So Joe, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to uh... We got the thing working so
1: so we kind of want to just talk about um i guess challenges and learning from past mistakes to get to kind of where you are today so how did you tell us a little bit about yourself of, of your journey of how you came up with no limits nutrition center
0: um so yeah the the, the backstory there i think really where it all begins for me is uh i i you know, lived at home, obviously going to high school and, uh, moved to Richmond, Virginia, which is where I'm pretty much centrally located now. And, uh, at a a certain point in time while I was living in Richmond, I I worked several jobs at once. Um, did that whole thing always was definitely someone from a very young age who wanted to make a lot of money and, you know, have a lot of sources of income, I guess. But, uh, one of those jobs was, um, I worked at GNC and, uh, I didn't necessarily love every aspect of that job. And I, I thought uh, the city of Richmond that I was living in could really benefit from a locally owned, finely curated supplement store. Um, and uh, at the time I was only 21, um, but I, uh, between the time of having the idea and getting it open, I think it took eight months. So uh it wasn't easy. Cause I, you went through all, I went through all the things that, everyone goes through when they I think first try to start a business they're just like oh I'll just go like get a loan the bank and <laughs> you you quickly realize that's impossible uh especially at 21 years old like but you keep trying like you don't understand that's not how it works and uh you you definitely find out okay that's not going to work and then eventually we figured it out um and got it open with a with a, an amount of money that I would never recommend anyone open a business with it's like Bare minimum
1: amount. <laughs> so, so you're talking. You're you're like that guy who goes and you want to buy something and you run the card and they go declined. You go, okay. Oh, what about this card? Declined. No, no, no. no what about this card? Declined. Because you're like saying, I just kept going and getting like trying to get a loan and I didn't understand.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, I why get, are you, you not know, giving like, me money? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to build a get, business. Get, I got- <laughs> Like I got this business plan. Don't you feel like this is a great idea? And of course they're all like super nice. They're like, oh yeah, it's a good idea, but like we can't give you money. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so so I ended I- up, I did end up getting the money. Uh, I My aunt had saved up money for me to go to college with. Um, and then the rest of the money I was able to save up and we put it together. It, it's, it's, I mean, to be totally bl- bluntly honest, we started a brick and mortar retail store or I started a brick and mortar retail store with thirty thousand um, dollars. That's paying for the deposit, the lease, the fix, the fixtures, the inventory, the the upgrade of the space, like painting it, everything. It, it's such a, a small amount of money to start up as a business with. Um, like I'm glad I was able to, but uh, and and because I if I could do it, a lot of people could do it, but uh, it's it's brutal looking back at it. So. Let's let's
1: talk about your journey. So prior to starting No Limits Nutrition Center, you worked at GNC. General what is it? General Nutrition Center?
0: I think that's what that stands for. Yeah. Yeah, General so, Nutrition Center.
1: So how was it working there and what did you learn
0: from working at a company like that? Um so I mean GNC I did learn Uh, I I mean, I learned a little bit about the actual supplements themselves, but it was already something I was passionate about at the time. So it was already something that I spent a lot of my own free time, even before that, wanting to learn. Um, I did learn about like different systems businesses use, especially in like a retail supplement store. I I learned, you know, there's some that I learned that I liked. There's some I learned I didn't like. Um, GNC was at the time, I mean, I still don't know if they are there they're they're very big on, on upselling, um, but the things they essentially wanted you to upsell were things that I knew were not good things. Like, I not and like they were bad for you, just in that you weren't going to get the desired result you wanted to get from them out of them because they were so unofficiously dosed or in a form of something. Like, let's say like vitamin C chews, like basically Starbursts that are like, vitamin C and like that's what we're upselling that's what we're picking (laughs) like I don't know it just and they and they would be like very like strict about it like they were very very serious about how they wanted it done um it was definitely always more it's it felt always more centered around like selling these certain high margin products and not so much centered around what does the customer need what are their problems and how do we solve them it's more so this is what we have that makes the most margins everyone benefits from taking a multivitamin which is like one of the things they also which is true but you know if someone comes in and they're looking for something for like recovery I'm not going to recommend them the multivitamin I'm going to recommend them protein powder or creatine or something that's going to be more straightforward but they they would always be like this is what we recommend first and then you build off of it which I understand I understand upselling I, I love upselling it's fun but there's an I think an ethical way to do it, and i I could never get behind it just because I knew that you know those things weren't going to actually give people the desired results they want, which is why, in my six or seven months working there i i i i i mean I did a good job with my customers that came in um but there'd be a lot of people who who I think would never come back, and that that's sort of I think maybe how they dug themselves into a hole. people caught on to that um. Because especially, and this was in 2014, so the internet was still, social media was still, like, on the up, at least Instagram, which is the big one, so.
1: Yeah, when you look back at at what's going on, I mean, this is the problem. I mean, I get offered products all the time. Even this morning, I'm offered, you know, a dash camera for, you know, under $100 cost. That's a 4K resolution, and I could probably make stupid amount of money on it selling it to customers you know what i mean and be like oh i'm lining my pockets with it but am i actually giving them a good quality product am i actually giving them what they need or am i just thinking about my own pocketbook right and like and you brought something up very important there like as an entrepreneur and as like as a business owner your your uh, job is to try and solve people's problems and try and help them with their challenges and if all you're trying to do is you know what you need this bigger sd card you need this protein powder you need all this yeah but i i don't i'm not actually you know weightlifting or i'm not you know i'm not working out in that that manner i'm just looking for whatever right you know you you don't want to ram something down their throats right
0: no you don't i mean it's it it turns a lot of people off. And there's a kind of a fine line. Um, I I like to think of like opposing ideas that would both maybe on their own be good things, but they oppose each other. So like, I don't like to think of like ramming things down people's throats. Like I, that's not, that's not a good idea, but let's just say upselling because upselling on its own is a good idea. Um, But there's also a balance there of, like not being pushy. So you have to find that that middle ground. Another thing though, is like you never, and this is something that I have to teach my staff. And, and I think this is more so like a cultural society thing. Everyone just assumes that everyone doesn't have a lot of money for some reason. They're like, it's almost like they're gun shy to say the price of something like, oh, it's like $80. And like, for, just because you might think it's expensive doesn't mean that person might be, but if you're like, oh, it's $80, like, oh, cool. I'll buy it. Like if if they understand the value of it, if, and that's the whole part is showing them the value of it, being able to simplify it in their terms that they're going to understand to know that they are going to get their desired result. Um, but being able to, to kind of not be pushy, but also just, I, I teach them like assume everyone who walks in wants to spend all the money in the world. Like they, they have a huge budget. They want the best results. So they're going to buy as many supplements as they can start there. And then, you know, it's very easy to gauge what they actually want though, once you start talking to them and then you can dial it down, but don't, cause the opposite is like, let's say someone comes in, they do want to buy a lot of supplements. They're really w- wanting to get their, their health in order, like investing in a supplement stack is going to emotionally buy them into the, the process of getting to the gym, starting a diet, doing all these things. And they're asking questions and they're wanting answers. And we are just like kind of nervous about continuing to show them things and answer their questions because they're like wow they're spending a lot of money like they might not have a lot of money um i, I don't know it's just something i've noticed it's uh, again i think it's like a cultural thing to just assume people can't afford stuff uh i actually find that quite insulting i'd be very insulted if someone assumed i couldn't afford something based off of like, my appearance or the demographic of where i was living um you know oh. i don't think you want to treat your clients like that
1: i got so i yeah. got two things here so what what a lot of people like to call this is selling out of your own pocket. Mm. So so I actually had a uh, an employee who used to work for me when I when I worked for a different company, and you know people would come in and all he was doing was installing the cheap 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 stuff all the time. I'm like man like people don't want better quality product. Nah, it's not worth the yeah. money. Well, why is it not worth the money? He goes, well, it's not. So he started realizing. Well, dude, you're making decisions on what you're willing to spend and what you're looking for. You're, you're making decisions with customers that way instead of actually finding out what they need and then advising them based off of that. So you should never sell out of your own pocket. You should literally Mm -hmm. present. These are all the solutions. What challenges are you having? Okay. Well, for all your challenges, this is what you want. And like, Yesterday, yeah. I talked to a customer on the phone for an hour while I was working on a vehicle. And the customer kept saying, I want this, 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 and that. And I said, Listen, have you ever heard the, the saying, fast, easy? I don't know. Was it fast, easy, quick? Fast, easy, cheap, or whatever? Fast, easy, cheap. I can't remember what it is. I think
0: is. it's the, well, the latter, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I said, You can't have all three. You can only, you typically can only get two. Right. Yeah. You know, fast and cheap, fast, like fast. And, anyways, I'm pretty sure I'm botching this, but anyway, so I explained it's, it. It
0: can't be fast it, and easy and cheap, but that's for sure. <laughs> he wanted it.
1: He wanted a product that was like worth $800, but he wanted it for like 300 bucks. Yeah. Right. And I said, it just doesn't exist. So you need to figure out what is more important to you to fix mm-hmm. in that price point that you can afford. If, if this is the most important that then that's it. So same as when people come into the the supplement if they go I want to spend $400 or whatever and you're showing them 100 bucks, they might just be happy cuz hey, it only cost me $100 and I got what I needed. Yes. Right? At the same time if you charge them if they want to spend $400 and you show them $600 worth, now they have to make a decision on what is more important to them for what they need right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being able to look at that and and say, like, it's basically if they have multiple problems and they they can only solve one, it's like, okay, which problem is holding you back the most from achieving your desired result? That's the problem we need to fix first. Which one is going to, you know, move a a lever that is going to produce the most, like, outcome for you? Um, And there are scenarios where people can, they can try to move all the levers at once. I I don't recommend it because then you don't really actually know what's working. Um, but I, I also kind of like to frame it as like, if you knew you were going to get, if you knew for a fact, like you would, if you, if you did all this and you accompanied it with this product or this service, and that you were going to get the result that you wanted, that you dream about, what is that worth to you? And I, I do think there's like this emotional buy-in with price too, where I, it's, it's, it, the more you charge people, I'm not saying gouging, but like. The more they're, especially in, in certain things where the it's whenever the customer has to do something on their end, the more they are going to put into it. Like it's like if you give stuff away for free, a lot of times like free stuff people don't people don't value it. Like they they won't show up for the call. If they have to pay something to even have a call, then like not only they they're they're invested because their money's in it, and it's like I think a lot of services and products are the same thing. Um, and uh, it's just. Customers aren't trained to see it that way, though, and it's almost like you have to not like spell it out for them, but you know, frame it in a certain way where they you can without actually doing it, and then they they get it. Um, and that's something I've I've spent a lot of time trying to do between. I mean, the, the sushi restaurants, uh, and that's just more straight. I'm having trouble with that one actually. <laughs> it's just food, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's a well, I
1: don't know,
0: but but yeah.
1: So when you're talking about food, so my in-laws and wife have been in that industry for a very long time, you know, running restaurants and food. And it it is all about the experience. So you can either be just a trans, you can be a transactional place that just, you come in like a McDonald's, you know, here's your coffee. And that's kind of it, right? I mean, I go to, I don't even really go to Starbucks much much anymore because they just don't really have the same experience they once did. Right. And realistically, like when I go to a sushi place, there's a place in town that everybody lines up to go to and they don't even have a seating area, but everybody lines up. Like you order on a Friday night for pickup. It's over an hour wait just for pickup. Right. Like, so, and the reason why is because their quality is good, they're competitive, and they didn't cheap out. And I don't know if you've heard Andy. Andy actually talked about, Andy Frisella talked about it on one of his podcasts. So there was a sushi place he went to for many years. They loved it. And then what ended up happening is they, they came to a crossroads where this sushi place had to make a decision on increasing their rates because food costs went up or keeping I, them the same.
0: I remember right? this episode. Yeah.
1: Right? and what do they do they made a decision to lower the food quality because they were scared to raise their rates and what ended up happening they're losing customers now yeah the product is garbage
0: yep yeah and uh i remember that and it was funny because around the time that episode came out i think we either were like about to open the restaurant or uh we had just opened it. I can't remember exactly, but I was like, that's like weirdly coincidental that that would be a specific example. I found a lot of uh, similarities with, with stuff he says, which is why, you know, I'm obviously uh, so drawn to uh, his brand and, you know, him as a person and, you know, therefore Arte, but just to with the, being a supplement store owner, I guess, like we have so many similarities of when we first started. Of Like I lived in the back of my store. Like it was crazy i mean not i don't know not for that long it was like a month but uh i'm not gonna
1: well like how how was that like were you sleeping on a bed were you sleeping on the I floor? Mean,
0: like <laughs> so so the real like i I could kind of give you like the the quick um no it was a i had to move everything i had into the back room of that store i had my little tv in there i had a, a, a bed um not like a frame or anything just a mattress on the floor uh we had some like retail clothing racks already. So like, I didn't have a closet, but I just hung up all my shirts. And in, in the back, uh, the back room is also like a three bay sink, um, like a hand wash sink. There's our, it's our storage shelf. And the, the funniest part about it is that we actually shared the hallway that the back room goes to is also connected to three other businesses. Um, and at the time, like, so there, and throughout that hallway um, there, there's like a fire door that goes into a hallway that is for apartments because it's a, it, it's the retail floor of a, you know, three or four story apartment building. And uh, the back door that we had that went into the hallway that the other businesses shared, that door, that, that door's lock was broken. Um, and I remember that at the time I was so, I had no money. I could not, I genuinely could not pay to afford to fix the lock. Like I, I didn't, it wasn't a priority to me. So I do remember one night uh I was sleeping in there and someone like started opening the door and I think they realized they opened the wrong door and they closed it. I don't know why. I mean the, the businesses were next door, like a barber shop and at, at the time it was like a like a bong, like head shop type place. Um but I remember being I woke up and I, like had like chills go down. I was like, oh no. Like uh after that I like started like barricading the door at night. But <laughs> um yeah that that was in 2007 17, I, or it might have been 2019 actually i don't know some sometime around there 17 or or 19 it's hard to say
1: yeah yeah but it, it's a lot of uh a lot of fun eh like i mean do you, do yeah, you like do you, did you did you enjoy that time like did it did it kind of make you appreciate more of where you're at today
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, it was an interesting time. I mean, at, at the, I mean, if you want, I can give you like a, a quick rundown on the whole history of No Limits because there's a lot of like to it. But I, I I told the story a few times, so it's it's quick. Um, started. When I was 21. For the first year, we did see month to month growth, which was great. We went we we started at, at like I don't know, but the month from when we started to where we hit our peak, it was like a 400 percent increase over time um, which we did in one year so that was cool and uh about one year in i decided i wanted to open a second location and uh the real reason I, I, I rushed this and it's because my regional competitor was going to open a location in a space i eventually wanted to open a second location and i was like i'm going to try to beat them to opening it first in that area and then i did actually. Um, but I ended up not picking the best area. I ended up bringing on a partner for that business, uh, that, that that partnership did not work out at all. Like it was just, that's, it's whole, whole own entire story, but obviously like that nightmare scenario where it just isn't working out. Um, long story short, we opened that store, uh, with a little bit more money than we opened the first store. Um, that store failed after one year, um, The only one really on the hook for it was me. And uh, obviously, you know, with a a retail lease, just because the business fails, doesn't mean you're getting out of it. Um, The lease, I mean, that lease was twice as much money as the lease for the first store. And I was the only one paying it. So not only did having that store for a year and the partner I had at the time, diminish the value of the brand and the service we offered. And that's one of the problems I had. it obviously drank so that that hurt us and then uh closing that store it was very expensive to continue paying that rent and because of that i could not reorder all the inventory that i was selling so month after month after month we were losing like our our value as a store in terms of like actual quantifiable goods we had and eventually it was to the point where like people were coming in and we were running, we didn't have what they wanted. We couldn't reorder it. I would try to like save face. And be like, oh, it's like, we're going to order it soon. I, I tried doing the best I could. Um, I remember at one point too, and this is another dumb decision. He's like, you know, I took like a cash at one of those cash advance loans and where you have to pay back a certain amount daily. And that's brutal. Uh, so stuck in that for a year. And uh, I mean, it got to a point where, so we, we had grown from, I I, I think the first month we opened, we did like um, six or 7,000. And and by our peak, we did like 26,000 a month. Uh, And then between the peak and our lowest point, there was two years where we were stuck at around four, four to 5k a month, two whole years like that. And then there was a year before that, that it wasn't great either. It was obviously on the downtrend and it leveled out at like the worst it could get. And month after month, I mean, not even that. Like week after week, there there was days where we'd be lucky to see three customers. Um, There's be multiple days in a row we'd see no customers, and this is years into business after it was already so it was like successful to me. Like when I first started the business, I was like, "Oh, it'd be amazing if we can get to thirty thousand a month. Like I'll be set for life. Like <laughs> it'd be so cool." Um, and it, it's funny because we passed that now, but uh, it took eight years. And um, I remember people would come in and they would say like, are you guys going out of business? And I'd have to be like, no, we, we just sold everything. <laughs> like, I don't know. I would just tell would. Like, it would hurt me. Like it was really painful. And um, it was like that from pretty much the beginning of 2018 to, I guess COVID was when it was like between that. And then COVID actually uh, helped us um, rebuild. I think it was more so like everybody wanting to refocus on health and we were a health store. So we technically didn't have to close. And I, I only lived five minutes away. So I operated on this really weird, like, Hey, if you come down to the store, I'm not here, but just call me and I'll come by. I'll be there in five minutes. And I would be, um, and I would just start making appointments with people to come meet them at the store. So I didn't have to be at the store anymore. So I could make money in other ways. And um, to mention too, the, those years that it was doing really bad, like that four or 5k a year, mark which again like i mean rent is sixteen hundred dollars so margins on on our stuff is fifty percent on a good day so if you do the math it's not possible Um, so i had to work another job at nighttime for two whole years at least to just pay the bills and operate at a loss every single month Um, and do i appreciate that I, i definitely do because now i'm 29 and i've been through that and i'm i I would never in a million years let myself go back there again. And I've learned all, like, I I, I, I can write down what exactly happened, which led to the mistakes that, that led me there. And uh, it's worth a lot of money to me to know. So I try yeah. to tell the story as much as I can now, so I can try to maybe help someone who might be in the same position. So,
1: so are you saying that there's no get-rich-quick scheme? Because it seems now, like yeah. everybody has their for a hundred dollars you could use this and you'll be a millionaire just like me blah 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 watch my
0: youtube yeah. video roll <laughs> up my course do this it's all bullshit it, it's, it's all so insane i'm not sure if, uh, it's like if you're on social media man and it's all the ads i get like it's just like person after person after person who it's what do they sell they're selling you something that like you can't i it's insane and there are some people who probably can do that, like who, who are good, like who figured it out, but it's, it's crazy. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, there's, there's... this is why you're in, you know the rt syndicate because i mean andy has a story he lived in the back of his nutrition shop and yeah. he talks about how when it first opened people would come in and he was so proud of his fixtures and displays and how it looked yeah. And people would go like hey man you going out of business no like the
0: look, you know like when he yeah when he tells that story i mean it, i never get tired of hearing it again because it's so similar to mine like the time horizon that we've been on too in, in terms of the same business is the same right now. Like the way his scaled up, the way is mine is the way mine's shaping the scale. I'm not saying I'm anywhere close to where he is obviously, but that's obvious. But it, it, you know, in terms of the time it took him to get from point A to I think point B to where he first imagined where he would be. um, It's taken me the same amount of time and uh, I've had my own fair share of mistakes, but and uh, another thing too, when you're young, like and you, and you start making a lot of, cause there, there was that year or year and a half where we actually were doing pretty good. And you're young, you're really, really, really dumb. Like you make a lot of dumb decisions when you're young and you have like a little bit of money to spend. You're like, I'm going to buy all this nice stuff. Like I got, you know, and then you don't realize how how vital it is to keep reinvesting into the business. You just think you got it made. And then reality slaps you across the face and, you'll lose everything so that's where that's also what happened but that's more so my own my that's directly my own fault <laughs> it's, it's so silly
1: you know yeah. i look at everything in terms of like i would have extra money in the month and i would i you know the first year it was like oh i made an extra four thousand dollars more than i was expecting um well i need to buy stuff with that to invest yeah and and i'd buy stuff and i look back at it now and I mean half the stuff was let's see if it works you know I I just remember like, because well, that's the thing like I know so much about running a business I've been you know I've been a salesman a, a supervisor a manager a regional manager operations installation um, whatever the list keeps going on I've done every aspect of a business except being an owner come in I'm an owner and it's like there's no way I could get screwed here, and yeah. I tell you, man, <laughs> you just get screwed and kicked to the curb, left, right, and center. And I remember going, "Hey, I made four grand here. I need to find a way to throw money at this or that or whatever and try things." And I did, and then the next month I lose three thousand dollars. It's like you know, if I had the four mm-hmm. grand, I'd at least Good. still be positive, cash flow positive, a thousand bucks. Yeah. So, so you know, now it's like. Uh, you know, I still make investments on things because obviously I always want to continuously move forward. But what I try and do is I try and make decisions now three years into the business of, I just want to put a little bit of money into this. Let's see if it works. If it does, we'll throw more money at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And while, while honestly the first year I I feel like I was a little reckless, like I probably could have put myself out of business just by making some of those decisions because. But I mean, I didn't get another job like you did, but I definitely, the first year I was applying for jobs, the first year of my business, I was literally going, handing resumes. Well, not handing resumes because you had to do it online because of COVID, right? But literally, you know, in interviews, all sorts of stuff and like people asking me what I want to do. And some of the interviews I was like, well, I got a business. So, you know, you know, I'll probably just do that on the weekends. And then, well, people don't like if you own a business and you're working for them. They don't like that. Cause then that weird. Means you're yeah. not all in on them. And I didn't think yeah. about that. I just thought, well, I'm being honest. Don't they want an honest person? No, they yeah. don't want an honest person. They want someone who's all in on yeah. them, which is the same thing we would want. If we want people work for us, we want them all in working for our company.
0: Exactly. I, I try to get people with no limits Who uh, I, I, I employ like a couple personal trainers too. So at least their business is integrated with mine. Um, so they, you know, worst case scenario, they, bring us clients I guess I, I don't really know I mean but I try, it's either that or yeah it's like it's uh the way the store is right now it's like we I, I'm for the first time ever I'm like not hands off but I'm like not in it you know what I mean like after eight years like I have a manager we have a one full-time manager and a bunch of part-time people and I delegate pretty much everything I'm still working on that's always a hard thing to to get to is letting go of certain tasks because you're just like, well, I can do it better and I already know how to do it. And the time it's going to take me to teach someone, I could just do it right now and be done with it. And you don't realize how much I guess that actually compounds to, okay. Cause you only got to teach it to them once or twice and then you don't ever have to really worry about it. Uh, but it's, it's not, it's like the different, it's like the, the same thing is like, like I could save a little bit of money now, but if I spend it on this now and it's worth double what I spent it on because I bought this inventory but then the inventory sits there and it's not bringing like kind of your, like your example, just to try these weird things where it's, it's probably sometimes better to have some money in the bank. Um,
1: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's (laughs) because I have an e-commerce portion of my business. You know, there's so many people that talk to me now and I just laugh at them and, and maybe I'm a a dick for doing that, but they're like, I'm going to start an e-commerce business selling stuff online. I'm just going to make tons of money. And I'm like, listen, man, I've been doing this for three years, and I barely have consistent traction on e-commerce. Like, just yeah. because why is someone going to buy from you, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now there are people out there that have built multiple e-commerce businesses. And well, guess what? If you're selling stuff online, and you've done it multiple times before, you have figured out the hack. You figured out a way to do it. But I yeah. mean, wh- why would they buy from me? They don't know who I am, Right. And now, because I've been doing YouTube so solid for a little over a year now, people are starting to know who I am and they're starting to figure out, well, I want to support that guy because I like his videos. So yes, now I'm starting yes. to see people buying stuff because of my videos, but it's not because I just have a store selling products. No, they don't, you they don't know have, who I am. Yeah. Right. But that's what yeah. people think. They think that like literally, uh, you know what, I'm going to compete with No Limits Nutrition Center. I'm going to order a bunch of supplements and uh, start an e-commerce website and I'll be a millionaire in like five years. And then they're like, I can't even sell $500 of the stuff a month. Well, that's because no one knows who you are. You have to pay yeah. for marketing. You got to pay for website maintenance. You got, And everything just keeps racking up, you know, yeah. you know, and people think, Oh, I'm just going to build a website. It's, uh, it's cheap. And then, all the things you have to host it somewhere you have to pay for marketing you have to build yeah. content so people find you and it, it's just crazy and then and i already know that i guarantee i'm speaking to you because you're probably going like shit yeah i thought it'd be easy yeah. and it's like boom everything just keeps <laughs> racking up right <laughs> it's,
0: it's funny because uh it's like you would have thought i learned the lesson in the beginning right but it's like again my fiance danielle her business is I would say very successful she's probably one of the most successful business owners I know on a personal level and it's it's been great to since I we've you know met each other and obviously we're engaged now to help her get that to grow but you know going in on this restaurant together we had that same like fallacy of like oh it's gonna be great right in the beginning like all these people are gonna come we're the only sushi restaurant in the area this uh, yeah it's gonna be hard but like We'll be good. Like we'll be doing this much revenue, this much in bottom line. Like that's gonna be awesome. And it's like <laughs> we we literally we're even like yo. Know, it's like we're delusional, man. Like not only has that not happened, we have opened and had to keep pouring money into it to keep it open to make it to now, which is now here where we're at in New Hampshire is where it actually starts to get busy. And obviously, even if it's like your first year, even in a busy place, it's like you got to build some sort of rep repertoire and traction and uh, we, we just started off the, in the worst possible way we opened a kind of a weird dull time um we, we the person we you know brought on to be the chef like we obviously had no fucking idea what we were doing and so we brought someone who did think they knew what they were doing and it turns out he he didn't or he whatever it's just but it's funny because like even going into a new business we're like this is gonna be fucking awesome like we're gonna be rich like this is going to be so worth it. Like, and obviously, you're, you're telling yourself that when you're putting in a thousand hours of hard work to get it open. Like, that's just the work to get it open, not even to like run it and own it and manage it or whatever after that. Where you're not taking home a dime. Like, you're actually paying money to keep something open with the vision of hopefully that it will turn around and it will get better. And uh, you know, I, if if I hadn't been through what I was went through in like 2018 and 19. this would have like probably killed, killed both of us straight up. Like we would have been like, this is the worst. We, what did we do? I do say that all the time. I'm like, I always joke that we could have just bought a boat. Um. (laughs) You you know, uh, (laughs) but here's the thing, like you're talking
1: about, you're talking about a chef and everything. Right. And and, I mean, this is, I always use this analogy a lot, right. Especially when I'm talking to uh, clients all the time. Cause I have all this experience and I say, and, and some people are just like, wow, like, this is like a very big friend. Like people think I have a big franchise, right? Like they see, yeah. they see, you know, the hats, they see the shirts, mm-hmm. my vehicles professionally done deckled. I have um, professional seat covers. I have protective covers for your vehicle and like everything is all, you know, very professional corporate look. And I'm one person. Yeah, And people think like, oh, like how many, you must have tons of employees. And I even get emails like from my YouTube videos, people email me like, people must be so proud of working with Ben. Like, and it's like, well, yeah, Ben works with Ben. But, you know, it's this whole thing. But anyway, so where, where I'm going with this is I always use the analogy of the plumber. The plumber who comes and changes your toilet out And gets tired of working for Bob, the business owner, and says, screw this. I'm going to open my own business. This guy does nothing but make money. And then he goes and opens his own business and then realizes, shit, all I know to do is change a toilet. What do you mean we have to do accounting? What do you mean we have to collect taxes? What do you mean we have to, like, (laughs) do payroll? Oh, my God. How do people do this? I'm working 18 hours a day. I don't even have time to sleep. My wife's mad at me because I don't ever have time with the kids. And I'm making half the amount of money I did when I worked for somebody. How yeah. do people do it? And they don't, because you're building a brand. It's Everything's yeah. about building a brand. And, and it takes forever. Like, it does. I, I'm not paying myself a lot of money right now at all. But no, that's yeah. because I'm building a brand. Yeah. <laughs> and you can easily relate because that's what you had to do with No Limits Nutrition. You were building your brand. You had setbacks. You you expanded, and it didn't work out. And sometimes it does work out. It didn't work out, but you learned a lot probably from that expansion.
0: Oh, so it'll work out next time. So no worries. Exactly. Next time is soon for us. So I'm not. it's the thing. It's like it, it. It all happens for a reason, like If if you can, an Ed says this, like if you can take your uh, what did he say? He says. Um, what's that And that you know that video i'm talking about where he he talks about like his house and all this the stone was everywhere and they're like don't worry like, we're going to take this stone we're going to build you this house with it and it's like one of those video, like very first videos um you know re- repurposing your mess basically like it's like this is a this is terrible and like you repurpose it to serve you in a positive way and that's that's how I've seen all this stuff like you know I, I'm to the point now where almost anything could happen like and terrible things still do happen all the time um horrible things that were, I think would send most people over the edge and I'm just I you know I, it rolls off my back I'm like okay like cool what, what's next like so we just had something like that happen this week and it's and it's tough I'm not saying it's not easy but I've learned to manage it much better um Whereas before it would like, I mean, it was like killing me before. It would keep you up at night, like stomach is in knots. You can't sleep, can't eat, and not only because you can't afford to eat, like you physically are just like, or if you are eating, it's like the worst shit ever because you're, you're like, coping eating, um, you know, chips, like
1: chips, chips. Yeah, chips. You know, like, I'm crap. gonna get
0: like spent every dollar I have as spending as much as I can at Taco Bell. Or we have this this place in Richmond called Cookout. Where I don't know if you've ever been, heard of it, but it's uh, very it's very good. <laughs> it's fast food, but it's really really I love Cookout to be honest with. You. I would eat that. It was super bad, so you get really unhealthy. It's just a cycle of horribleness, and yeah, you got to break it somehow. But um, yeah, man, it's been a it's been a journey, and like I, I'll say to uh, like something that's really helped us kind of get out of it too is the more we focus on just providing the most value to our customers um the the better it gets i mean that's that's the biggest part of that that customer equation to me is you know people always say you have you you can get customers you can increase their frequency and you can increase their average order value and i'm like that's all cool and i agree with all of that but what's the best way to actually do that and i think it kind of to come back to what you said about your videos you're providing value with these videos you're and, and not only like you are getting a val- they're getting value and you are getting their attention so when they need something and they give you know, you if they give Ben all this attention and you know they're going to buy from you like you said and the more you do this the more that'll happen and the more people make content for social media just because you make one video doesn't mean you're going to get 100 people to buy from you. But if you make a video every day or you make a post every day and it's on multiple platforms and you wait and you're, you can be patient, you people will. Eventually, people will. And it's just like – that's just the probability of it. Um, but it's kind of just giving away that free value to people. like, right? And then they're, they're like, cool. And, and a lot of it, too, is like they don't – people – we we'll hear things, but then they're like, well, how do I, how do I hold my specific situation? That's like the implementation of it is confusing to them. Um, it's the same with supplements too. I'll be like, Oh, you do this, this, and this. And they're like, okay, well, what about this? And it's a question I would never think to ask, but I, I mean, I can answer the question easily. It's just people tend to overthink things. It, it, with everything. I think, I mean, to you, dash cams are probably pretty simple, you know, like you probably understand them pretty well, but someone might not. And, uh, you know they don't need to learn everything about them. They have you to to, to solve it. Uh, supplements is one of those things though, where someone wants to. They're trying to like make themselves a master, and, and I'm just like, okay. Like, <laughs> like I'll get those people. I'm going to do a little bit more research. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. people. <laughs> people are always
1: doing research. the The problem is is the quality of the information, which is exactly, exactly. what I was actually talking about on the other podcast I was doing earlier was we were talking about the quality of the information because the problem with the internet is there's influencers that are paid to say one thing. And yeah. then there's people who are educators that actually educate you on, this is how it works. And it is good for this and it's not good for this. Yeah. But the people who typically get more attention are the influencers, right? Yeah. Even though they really are not knowledgeable they just go yeah this thing's cool and it's awesome and it's great and they gave me one for free
0: so you should buy one
1: right and (laughs) you can
0: buy one so they give me more right so that's the thing right
1: so that's the problem with an influencer and then you see them three months from now promoting another one of the same category and it's like but you just said that one was the best three months ago yeah yeah i know but this one's better Right, yeah. you know, yeah, because i they're paying me again, right? So you know, that's the the problem with uh, with all of that is with the research is where are you getting the quality information?
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. That's 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 it. That's literally it. I mean, I can't explain it better than that. <laughs> I, I agree, because <laughs> that's the, that's the confusing part. It's like, cool. So what you're telling me, your time, like you'd rather spend your time doing all this research and having to combat different things and when when you have someone who's been curating the research for eight years and combing through it and for three or however long and you know i can just tell you the answer right now like the real one like i didn't get here by you know doing something that's not real that's that's why companies pop up and disappear all the time they like you said it's they whatever's the cheapest whatever's going to get them the most money and then this day and age, that's not going to work. There's only so many people you can market to and uh, essentially trick into buying your product where everybody realizes it's not what it is. And you either got to repackage it, which that does happen, or you go out of business. You don't stay in business for three years or eight years or 10 years or a hundred years by, by making that the core of the business. It's not, it doesn't work. And research is like the same way. I, I, I totally agree. That's a really good point. I'm gonna start telling that to people, customers, when I say that.
1: <laughs> so do yeah, you how how do people connect with you if they're looking to get a hold of you, Joe?
0: Um through Instagram's good, email's good, um, Instagram, my name's uh, it's Joe Limits RVA on there. So a little bit of a twist with no limits. Um, and if you type in no limits nutrition on Instagram, we're there. We have a website, no limits um, Sushki has a website sushkinorthconway.com um, and then my email is on my Instagram profile but pretty much nice. like that yeah. yeah
1: well you know thanks for coming on today do you have any final words of wisdom for people for our
0: listeners um, I, I do actually there's a quick one I, I think to, to touch back on, on something I said earlier is people tend to overcomplicate things like don't overcomplicate it, like, just think about, like, if you do X amount of things over time, what you want to do will eventually happen. Now, if you stop doing it and you are convincing yourself that you are doing it, that's that's where people fall in trouble too. And that's where I fell in trouble too forever ago. It's more so like, I'm gonna do it, so you feel good about it and then you never end up doing it. And because you're telling yourself you will, it's like that. Just focus on it, do it, do it every day. Don't complicate it, adjust things when it's necessary and track every possible thing you can. And that's, that's the thing that's definitely helped me the most over the past couple years. And, um, as I go and, you know, go off into the future, it's going to be my primary focus is keeping things as simple as possible and steady as possible and as trackable as possible that's how you do it yeah
1: well thanks for coming on i appreciate the time
0: yeah ben thanks for having me man i wish we had more time but (laughs) i we are both busy i know that (laughs) i know that's true
1: thanks